everybody, it's Mike Kenoki, general contractor at large and host of the Contracting Handbook podcast. This week, I'm going to talk with Mark Willie, a passive house advocate and himself a general contractor. Going beyond is just the mentality of a contractor. Sometimes if you tell the client too much, then the questions become too many. If I, if I sacrifice, I know somewhere later I'm going to get unfulfilled. But it wasn't long before we were passionately discussing the lessening of standards internationally. It should have gone to one or one, you know, less than one, because that's not that hard. So right. when you say one, absolutely. When you say two, I'm going to say absolutely. But four and five, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. There's real data. That, that's a standard. That's a minimum. Your door is open. Oh, my gosh. Really? People want more. People want to go beyond. And I believe that is influencing the code. And we go on to talk about my most recent bill and how it relates to passive house standards. Buildings behave different in different mm. regions. That's why you, you catered yours. You, you built a nice igloo cooler, an attractive building as well, right? That's the first thing, right? You know, it's a, it's a legacy thing for me. It's a total legacy thing. And imagine... Welcome back, everybody. My next guest is a passive house advocate. He's been involved in T-Stud R&D and outreach, and we'll hear about more about that in a little bit. And he has launched BS Friday, which is a building science discussion. And without further ado, it's Mark Willie. How's it going, Mark? Hey, Mike. Great to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks um, for being here. And, and Mark and I have been talking for about the last 30 minutes, 30 or 40 minutes. And then we keep wanting to hit record and then something else comes up. So it's been it's been really fun so far. It's 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 how contractors are, right? We just dive right into what's going on and what we're doing, what we've done, right? War stories. <laughs> right. It, that's when we have time to sit down and talk about it. Otherwise, it's like, oh, just see him in passing wave and keep going. Right. Amen. Yeah. Yep. So let's start right in uh, with some building science stuff, because it's 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 such an interesting topic to me because it varies so much. So, you know, many modern home builders are going, quote, green, unquote. But it's non standardized programs across the globe. Uh, between states here in the U.S., it's definitely super variable you know there's some national standards but uh within states it's different so what's apples to apples and what's apples to oranges in my opinion just national standards are low and we should be always considering building better and having high efficiency homes but you know where do you come in what do you think mark uh so if we if we just take you know code as the baseline, right? The minimum. I, I agree. I, I think the minimum 
is is too low because of uh, because of the materials that we have, and because of the craftsmanship that's also often called for. Right. So, I I just, so I just think that's kind of out. Is, that's kind of outpaced the. That's kind of outpaced the codes, huh? In it in a, in a sense. I I, th- I think I think maybe three factors just for a number the the materials we have right we're using so many more materials on 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 our buildings um i think i think contractors like to deliver a good product and don't like callbacks so they they tend to overbuild and go beyond right i think going beyond is just the mentality of a contractor and then consumers uh are learned, you know, some show up and they've been researching that and researching this. They might not certainly know how to do it, but they want something based on what they've discovered. And so that rises the cream. How do you get clients to follow that? Because not everybody wants it or, or, or they say, well, what's, how, how's this going to pay itself off? That's a real trick. So I, I don't think it works if you walk in and say, I'm going to, I'm going to save you energy. Right. And, and, and we're going to, we're going to add more insulation and we're going to make things more air, air sealed. People have no idea what that kind of speak, what that kind of language is, right. They have a hundred dollar phone and cable bill. So for their electric and, and, and gas, that's just another bill. That's not, that's not, it's not really high. Fuel is, is actually quite low in North America. So it's not a driver. I think, I think many ways, uh, I, I, I don't bring it up. I choose the materials and the methods to make a good product. And when the project is done, I end up telling the client what we, what we did, right? Let them, let them pick out the door style, the siding, the flooring, the cabinets, but how the house is built, I try not to tell them because ultimately they want the, they want the beautiful, comfortable place. They don't, uh, they don't necessarily need to know how you, how you got there. And, and in that case, they probably already, if they come to you, they're kind of expecting it anyway, maybe because, because you have a reputation for that kind of work. I would hope so. I would hope so, but not always, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people, they just want a project. Um, but once you, once you learn something, it's hard, to, it's hard to unsee it. It's hard to undo it. No doubt. So when someone taught you a good way of doing it, man, you just want to do that, right? You want to deliver. So also you have to be careful of all the conversations you open up with the, with the client because, um, you know, you can end up educating people forever, literally, and you're never going to start the project. So some people lead with their whole mission. And I, I tend not to, I'm the embodiment of my mission, but really I, I, I like, I like good projects and the education oftentimes comes at the, at the back end. That's an interesting point you bring up because sometimes when you, Sometimes you, if you tell the client too much, then the questions become too many because they don't have the background you do 
And so they can get really spun out and, and overthink things because they don't know, you know, this is just a system and we know how to, we know how to work within it because it's a closed system in the end, you just put the pieces together, but it can really confuse yep. people if you start telling them too much information. I, I, my it's simple fun- example is, you know, on a, on a Sunday night, you're gearing up for your week and, and you have an eight page email about all these different low VOC paints and yada, yada, yada. And it goes on forever. Clearly the client has done all this research. But the question I like to ask is what color paint do you want and what sheen? Let's just, yeah. let's just, let's just not dive into the no VOC thing. Let's just use a no VOC paint. Tell me the color, tell me the sheen, tell me what wall goes on. Moving on. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's it. Absolutely. That's, that's finishes are what we want from them. That's right. Right. And, 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 and we want to set, we want to set them up for success and ourselves up for success that that answer is delivered long before we need it. So there's not the anxiety and commotion and changes of square peg round hole. <laughs> yep. Hey, yeah. So, so, uh, when, when you're dealing with that, and then they do have questions about your efficiencies because they go, oh, well, why are you doing this? And it's a higher upfront cost. What do you tell them about the payoff time? I, uh, it's, it's, it's touchy. It depends, on, it depends on if you're sitting across the table, right? That conversation I got to say, Mike, I don't like to have on the phone and I, mm. I refuse to have it in an email because these fingers are never going to uh, put something in, in, in an email that's going to deliver it. So if I'm sitting across the table for them, we're, we're, able to, we're able to jockey our position and say, we can, we can achieve this, let's just call it the R value of this wall the R value of this roof and the furnace size here, right? So I, I break it down to the envelope and the mechanical because those two things work hand in hand for, for someone sitting. I, I oftentimes never have to bring it to a payback. I have to bring it to what do you want in order to enjoy the home that we're about to do? And if I can give them all those goods for, for their budget, then there's not an ROI question. We both gave it our best and the project and the customer wins, right? I don't want to have to sacrifice. If I, if I sacrifice, I know somewhere later I'm going to get uh, unfulfilled, Right. And and the project and the client are going to get unfulfilled. So I'd rather I'd rather say kind of good, better, best. Right. We can hit this R value and we can hit this mechanical system. We can have this one or we can have this one. Uh, But oftentimes I don't even go to those three options. I just say. This is where we're going to start. And if they say thumbs up, we're golden. 
Yeah. You know, the building substandard or even following the, the national code right now can cause some major problems. You know, they've just relaxed. They've just relaxed air changes per hour to five from three. And so if you're not paying attention as a builder with your uh, air barriers, vapor retardant, retarder, and insulation ratios inside and outside that air barrier, you can have huge problems because now we've got a, now we've got more relaxed air standards. So you can potentially have moisture in your walls and insulation mold, all kinds of issues that are going to come up. And I, I mean, I, I, I cannot understand why they did that. It should have gone to one or one, you know, less than one, because that's not that hard to achieve. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to totally agree. And uh, of course the audience can't see the smile on your face, but clearly, you know, this is something you understand and that whole moisture level, there's a reason why, you know, you're talking a lower number. I don't understand the number five. I understand that the number was five, but I don't know why it's still five, right? Um, relaxing that, it makes no sense. And, and, and there's, there's real data. There wasn't data before. There was real data of, of these nonprofit groups that go out and send uh, people to, to test these homes. And they found out that they, they use their grant money to test large track builders, right? People like popping up these homes for, for the regular market and moving on. Mike, these homes were under three ACH. That the data is there that without trying, based on the materials we have mm. today, if 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 you if you got a, a small sense of skill and connectivity of your crew, you're going to hit three or less. You're going to now imagine trying. I mean, good night. So right. when you say one, absolutely. When you say two, I'm gonna say absolutely. Even if you say three, I'm going to say comfortably, but four and five, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. It's like leaving a window open. It's a, I know it, it, when, when you tell people the size of the hole they have in their house based on their blower door test, that is when their eyes are open. Yep. I know what's going to happen if you have outside lights and if you have all these outlets on the outside of our walls, which is craziness that we do that right uh eliminating eliminating that air in and out is so important like i don't know when i was growing up mom and dad said you know were you born in a barn right that's what they said then yep. that man closed the door and so essentially we're telling people it's okay to leave your door open that that's a standard. That's a minimum. Your door is open. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And so where I live, it's, a, you can't, if you want, so our, our state program, uh, we had, you can get a six star energy rating. It used to be five star and then it was five star plus, And now it's six star because the materials and methods have improved. So they had to increase the stars with a ranking program and it's all run through a program, a computer program. And 
you pretty much you could do greater than one and still get a six star rating if you've got your insulation somewhere is adding up you know there's different ways to tweak it but but there's also a, a local cold climate research center where they've done tons of wall systems and where i live so i'm in the subarctic just below the arctic circle and you know they've they've said okay after this r value you're really not getting more out of your wall system and that's around r40 and then you know you can go greater than r60 in your roof and then you want to be airtight insulation on the ground wing foam all that stuff and uh then you can achieve that that six star rating now since checking out your work and and kind of following on with you uh become more familiar with passive house you know uh your, your recent project, actually, I, I think I think is a six star, isn't it? Is that right? It, it is. Yes. So, like, it's amazing if you would have built that house a few years prior, of course, you couldn't get more than a five, even if it was more than a five. So it's really awesome that it's a it's 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 almost a living program, right? It, it, it expanded to the six and you're hitting it with the six and. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm like, one of the things that I compare code to, like when you said the six star, uh, is, is British Columbia has the step code. So they're, they're telling people what the code is going to be in a few years and what it's going to be in a few years. And imagine if, imagine if five years ago, your area said, uh, in five years, we're going to have the six star, Right. So now it's telling people, hey, why don't we start creating our buildings based on when they're going to be sold, right? Most buildings are sold six to 10 years, right? After, mm -hmm. after they're moved in. Just, I mean, if that number is wrong, don't, don't have my head, but let's say it's six to 10 years. Okay, so why are we building and, and designing and getting a permit and a stamp and, and, a, and, a, and a review for, 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 for a house that by the time we sell it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna meet its neighbor's criteria. But why aren't we planning for, for a future, right? It's, uh, it just seems simple, right? I, and I believe, I believe people right? That live in these buildings and homes and the contractors truly want that. I, I, I would love to see the line of people that don't want that, right? What's the right. drive to a minimum? Who, who goes to a drive-thru and says, can I have your smallest coffee and smallest sandwich? I mean, not me. I want the, I want, I want the biggest glass of water. I want the biggest sandwich. And I want the biggest ice cream cone, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want the small one. Why? Who thinks about the minimum? I don't yeah, get it. Yeah, I definitely don't. I don't get why there's not a, a, a more of a push. You know, of course, here in the States, it's a lot of people don't want to be regulated any more than they already are. So that's, well, that's a factor, you know, but. I, I, I get not having regulation totally makes sense but we already have a minimum standard so 
quite honestly, I think that's why these these third party like voluntary things are so helpful because clearly people want more people want to go beyond. And I believe that is influencing the code. Uh, if, if next time we have, so we're at 2021 now, right? So the next code comes out 2024, right? Every yep. three years. If we're at five in three years, like, come on, really? Yeah. It does, I don't it, get it. Yeah, no doubt. It, it makes zero sense. Cause it is just a hole in the house, just a just a door left out. The, the the worst built cars, the worst built cars in all of automobiles, are tighter than some of the some of some some of some of the standard housing stock that we have. And we don't live in our car. I mean, for the most part, we don't, right? <laughs> it's a, so why do we why do we even measure a house as minimum? I think I think whoever developed that probably it was an accident and regrets it to this day. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the first time something is done, it becomes a standard and then people can't really break away. Right. Yep. This is how we do it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but one of the, one of the things I did recently was I took my, my six star energy rating. I took the numbers from it. And then, and, and roughly tried to see how I did with passive house standards. I went to the passive house accelerator website and I don't know if, if my numbers are put in the same way, but I looked at, you know, kilowatt hours for heat and then everything put together. I, I mean, I, I, I had to, I had to get the number of gallons of heating fuel. I had to translate that to, I had to make it. So though uh, my, my blower door test didn't measure up to a passive house, my, my, my heat blew it away. And then my overall was 30% higher. Although when I sent you the numbers, you said, this is awesome. Yeah. So, but it's still I mean, not, a, I, so Go ahead. Passive house is a mark, right? But 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 your numbers on on your blower door. If I'm sitting, if I'm sitting in in your foyer, in your kitchen, in your in in one of the walking through one of the the, the bedrooms, I'm not gonna feel a draft. It it you you built a nice igloo cooler, an attractive building as well right that's the first thing right first it's attractive next it's durable next it's real really air sealed and your your r values are really strong but you're also in an area that uh i mean what is that clement zone eight seven eight eight yeah like you're the most extreme it gets right like you, you you're 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 gonna be heating a lot and uh that's a, that's that's a real number, right? You take you take your same building, you put it in climate zone seven through one. I mean, good night. You're you're gonna you're gonna be off the charts, right? It's just you're in the most extreme region, so buildings behave different, 
in different mm. regions. That's why you, you cater yours to that spot. And I mean, I would argue, how would you do better? Well, that's what I was wondering, but now listening to you say that it makes sense because no matter what I'm burning more fuel to heat my home. And the only way I can probably achieve better where I live is to have ground source heat pump or solar thermal, um, to, to heat it and do domestic hot water. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, those, those systems will come more online, right? They're, they're readily available in, in Europe and they're just not standardized in North America. Yeah. And this, the, actually the geothermal is being used here, uh, ground source heat pumps quite a bit. I mean, you can't do it everywhere. And solar thermal is definitely coming online here. I would like to do that for my next house, but you got to be in, you got to be in the right spot. Totally have to, right? Because because you're location dependent, right? Yeah, it's 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 so much a driver. By by the way, I like the the geothermal and the ground source heat pumps a great deal, and and I agree, uh, solar thermal and solar PV uh, are energy right radiant energy that that we should harness a lot more readily. Um, every region has its strengths um but i don't know your your sun hours there um and and i'm sure that differs per month but the my guess is the months where you need the most heat are the same months where you have the least sun is that correct yeah yep so we're all about even right now globally 12 and 12 but okay uh but yeah, the shoulder seasons here are when the heat starts getting stored. So you have your you have your bank in your in your crawl space or however it is. And yeah, I mean in December twenty first here we've got about four hours of light. Wow. Yeah, so, so you that- get up, start drinking coffee, and by the time you're done with your second cup, the sun's going down. You're like, oh, I better get to work. I uh, I hope one day to experience that. Uh, really, really incredible. But that that describes why your heat is what it is. And you know your your walls were. What was the value? The R value of your walls, Mike? It's uh, it's about co- computed. It's like thirty one, but effective. Yeah. It's more like thirty five, thirty six. Oh, great. So. Uh, <laughs> Which is actually a funny statement because most people's effective R value is traditionally lower than what they saw on the packaging, right? Because they were mm-hmm. they were hooked by marketing. So your effective is higher because of your install your installation practice, yeah. right? Of how you did it, yeah. Um, and so yeah. I've got I've got zero conductive heat loss to the outside. Z- I mean, except for my garage doors and, you know, but pretty much everywhere else. And maybe, you know, a little bit on windows, there's gotta be part of the frame that's not, but, and glass, but otherwise zero. And I've got triple pane glass. So, but yeah, so zero conductive heat loss. And then you 
have some zero conductive heat loss going on with a product you work with. Sure. <laughs> we, 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 we strive and you're absolutely right. Your garage door and, and your window frames are, are the weak link, right? Um, thermal, thermal properties are so apparent and, and you nailed it on yours. Um, there's a, there's a big difference between a thermal bridge and a thermal break. <laughs> mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, I, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, I haven't, can I give you an example of a wall I did to Sounds paint that? Let's do it. So I was, I, uh, by code, uh, so this is a house I built in Chicago. It was two by six walls by code. They wanted the north wall different than the south wall because of its proximity to the neighbor. So my south wall was two by six wood studs, uh, uh, insulation, drywall on both sides of the studs, and uh, you know, like like four by ten horizontal hardy board, right? So cementitious uh, siding panels. And on the north side, they required two by six steel studs, two layers of five eighths on both sides of the studs and the hardy board. So I, I, I remember sitting down with the plan reviewer and Chicago code is really tough to argue. And, uh, and, I, and I said, can you, if I do this, right, you want the, all this massive drywall and these metal studs if i do this because you're essentially forcing me to do it um can you sign off that i don't have to insulate that wall and he goes well no absolutely not and i said well can you then guarantee me that you'll come out once the project is done and and you'll lean up against both walls for an hour and talk to me about how uncomfortable you are and he goes, absolutely not. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all these things because you asked. You won't do one of the two options I answered. And he knew, he knew I was pushing the envelope, right? Uh-huh. Wink, wink. So we, we got all done. And for the rest of my life, I have to drive by a building where the north wall is always uncomfortable. I don't care what insulation you put in that wall. It's uncomfortable. And the south wall, you can your baby can sleep with their leg next to it. Right. I mean, it's just no problem. Summer, winter, you know, Chicago, the climate changes daily. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all about that thermal break. It's stopping that, that heat from coming in or that, that heat from coming out. That's everything. Yeah, absolutely. And here you, you get like, you know, my first place I didn't, it was okay. I didn't, I bought a book and built a house, but, but you could see on the, cause it was just two by six with a vapor bear bat insulation. There was no technology. This is 20 something years ago. And you know, the, the, the sheetrock starts, you can start to see black lines where it's gotten so cold and you can start to see the studs on the outside of the house too, through the cedar siding. Isn't that so, something? Yeah. Right. I, I mean, talk about science, right? I mean, I'm not a science wizard, but when I see a stud through through the 
through the cedar siding or through the drywall, that's a thermal bridge. Yep. Yep. Um, and 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 the method I use is definitely more time consuming and people balk at they're like, nah, I wouldn't do that. But I don't know. I feel good about it. You know, it's a it's a legacy thing for me. It's a total legacy thing. And imagine, imagine if uh if if you mentioned you you bought a book, right? And you, you built a house. Imagine if if you had a book at that time that showcased this sort of craftsmanship and this sort of wording, it it probably would have steered you uh, around that turn quicker, right? Mm -hmm. Because examples, e examples, seeing is believing. Contractors always watch who's better around them. And then they're like, I want to do what she's doing, right? Because mm -hmm. she's awesome at that. I want, I want to be as good. I want to be better than the person next to me. Those examples are, are how we learn. I mean, yeah, you could go to school for, for pro, pro, project management or site supervisor, all that, but that's not building a house, right? Uh, building a house is, is, is knowing the craft and, uh, and gearing up to help your teammates. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And, and so tell me about the development of the product you're working with that I've been seeing recently. I it's, it's new to me and I, I know about it because of social media and we talked a little bit about potentially using it where I live. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think from hot climates to cold climates, um, once we build a wall, uh, that wall has pretty good chance of not being changed. Right? Your, your countertop, your cabinet, your wall color, your siding, your mechanical, your flooring, uh, it, your, your windows, those things will change in a building. But what will probably not change is the wall. That's probably not going to change, right? So, um the uh, the inventor of the company had uh, had a, had a thought one time. Uh, right o over our life, we've seen fuel prices change, and uh, he ha he had a thought about uh, controlling and allowing people to have a more comfortable dwelling, more comfortable building, and uh, and then it went down the reiterations of how do you how do you make a stud differently? And um, it, it evolved and it evolved and it evolved. And I came in after the, the first product was their R19. So it was like, they used like two two by threes that were parallel and they filled it with spray foam. And um, I came in for the, for the bare naked version, which was like a two by six. And then uh, later we launched the two by eight and it's essentially it's creating a, a two by and a two by and a dowel in between. So now you're running insulation through your stud, right? Versus in between your studs, right? We would always take a two by four, we'd grab our R8 fiberglass, we'd stuff it between our studs, put up our poly, and we walk away. Mm -hmm. And then someone told us we had to use a two by six, and we're like, why? 
Well, because uh, you got to use more insulation. Oh, okay. Well, I'll use a two by six. And then I think we had like an R13 bat maybe. And eventually, I think now you could get up to almost an R20 bat in your wall. But still, the, that framing member is transferring the heat to the cold. And, and why do you want that? So thermal breaks. Um, I think wood is much better than steel. Uh, I think wood is much better than concrete. I'm a natural guy. My dad ran lumber yards. So one would guess that I love wood. Um, but I, I love it from a beauty point, from a sustainability point, and certainly from comfort, right? I, uh, you, you walk out of the movie theaters, Mike, and it's a hot summer day. And you get in your car in the middle of the afternoon and it's so hot in there, right? It's so incredibly hot. Well, that's all radiant energy. That's all thermal conduction. And um, you turn around and if we built that car out of wood, I, I, I bet it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be so uncomfortable. So I just, I love the, the joy of wood. And I think everyone deserves a good thermal break. That's my tagline. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And so, and so what, what, what widths are these T studs coming in? What's the, what's the deal? I, I don't know that much about them because I have my own system sure. and it takes us forever to change and, and be, and have time to research other products. This is all new to me. So they make a two by six, so five and a half and, uh, and a two by eight, seven and a quarter. So the thermal break, the separation between the two two by threes on the five and a half inch is a, is a full uh, inch and a half. That's an inch and a half that you could put whatever insulation you want based on your time and budget through that stud. And then the two by eight, I mean, Mike, it, it's two and a quarter thermal break. Most people don't even put two and a quarter continuous insulation on the outside of the house, right? They typically go inch, inch and a half, but at two and a quarter, now you actually have continuous insulation running through your wall. It's, uh, it's really advantageous. And now you don't have that extra step of going and, and putting another layer of insulation on the outside. So your labor saved and, um, and your material saved. Yeah, the, the the techniques are definitely time consuming. Yep. So this is this product definitely interests me because uh, I I fur in, that's it's days and days of labor. Yeah. So. I mean, a a a a framer, right? A carpenter. They're gonna look at any new product and they're gonna scratch their head. But let's face it, no one's no one's framing with nails in their mouth and a hammer on their belt. Right. We, we have these awesome, we, well, we do, we have these awesome air guns. We have these awesome screw guns today and we have incredible cordless uh, saws. Right. When I first started, it was a handsaw. It was a hammer and a box of nails. Right. Oh, you man. can become a carpenter. It, 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 with burning, a burning wrists. I remember, my, I remember my wrist burning at night back in those days, <laughs> Just burning, laying in bed, couldn't sleep because my wrist burned so bad. 
It, it uh, my uncle used to say, I pay you to hit that nail twice. Every time you hit it more than twice, that's coming out of your check. Mm, nice. Right. I like it. Old it, school. He, he didn't mean it, but, but he meant it. He meant it to say, you know, whack that sucker. Right. And yeah. get going. Um, but, but now we have great tools and those tools, they really make our job so much easier. So I think, I think walls are everything, you know, it's, you want to go hang out with your buddies and, 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 and show up with a, with a, with a bunch of beers and a paper bag. Okay. You want to put them in a nice cooler full of ice. Now you understand thermal, right? Now you understand comfort and, and our beverages are the same as our walls. It's, it's that simple. Beverage importance. Yes. (laughs) Right. Like it. Yeah. It's something everybody can understand. People want nice their hot beverage. coffee. They want their cold milk, right? And yeah. and they want it to stay that way. So, a good mug is a good wall, right? Get a handle on it and enjoy the benefits. So these tea studs, what are you insulating them with? Because if I like when I look at that, I think spray foam. I think open cell spray foam or something, because then you can really be thorough getting between all the pegs and all that. Is that, is that what people are doing or are they tearing bats apart and piecing it together or what? I simplify the story for most folks and I, and I call it BYOW, build your own wall. So for, for the most part, uh, any blown in product Mm. works phenomenal, right? So blown in cellulose, blown in mineral wool, blown in fiberglass, or, or certainly an open or closed cell foam if you're if you're a foam enthusiast. Uh, I am. Right, it, it's an incredible product. So, uh, ideally, you don't. You can go with a bat if you if you do the work to make a bat work. Most people that 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 either put in bats or hire people to put in bats again i classify that as the minimum yeah because you 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 don't get the same quality of install as you do with a blown in or a, a sprayed in product and i i want that whole wall including the space between the studs to be insulated so that i don't i don't really have a place for uh for the dew point, right? I want to know where that. I feel like that's pretty pretty antiquated for, for real exterior wall insulation. Yep. I mean, rock wool is good. And if you take your time and all that, but I don't know. It's it's more of a soundproofing to me now, bats. I I think, I think rock wool and then Owens Corning has their, their thermofiber. I think, I think there might be one other mineral wool company out there. Mineral wool is great for water. Mineral wool is great for fire. And it's like you said, Mike, it's wonderful for sound. And uh, I, I tend to think that thermal comfort and, and, and noise pollution uh, go hand in hand. Um, now it depends where you live. If you're, if you're out, with nature, you might want to hear nature, right? But if you're, if you're in Brooklyn, right, and you got 
cars here and people there and trains there. You, you want your home to be quiet. You, you, when you rest, you, you don't want that noise. And so sound and thermal, they travel the same way. They have very similar properties. And so as soon as we tackle that, right, like the igloo theory, um, the cooler theory for our buildings, now the durability of the rest of the structure is enhanced and your mechanical needs are reduced. And once your mechanical needs are reduced, like you talked about the ROI before, now you're, if you go to have renewables, the need for renewables is reduced. So everything helps, right? Um, it's, it's an effort to be precise. I like that. And, and that's kind of a good segue into, uh, into you have this show because ah. we've been talking about it. <laughs> so, so are we talking about my, are we talking about my Tuesday show or my Friday show? Well, you have two shows. I was talking about your Friday show. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Tomorrow, Mark and I are going to continue on. Well, we're going to talk about his shows, obviously, where we left off there, BS Beers and BS Fridays. Uh, we're going to turn the importance of sharing information and then we're going to talk about how craftspeople and tradespeople don't have a lot of experience in business. Yep. And they have a can to talk about what Mark's friend calls chasing endurance and burnout because we all burn out. And I share a method to stave off burning out and Mark has a powerful story. This is a must listen episode. Hey everybody, I don't think I need to tell you how important it is that you either subscribe or leave a review or both for the podcast. You can subscribe on any platform you listen on. You can leave a review on iTunes, your podcast app, or on my new website where anybody can leave a review. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on the Hammer app. And if you're willing to give a contribution for the content, you can go to my Patreon account, Patreon backslash Mike Kenoki, my name, and leave a donation there. You can also find a link in my link tree. That's all I got. Later. Later.